discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. and we reign together with him we reign together with him hallelujah he doesn't reign alone we reign with him is it true make sure you are always happy in the Lord also the king of God is righteousness joy and peace in the Holy Ghost isn't it righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost so there's always joy irrespective of what is going on in your life hallelujah Never let anything or anyone steal your joy. Always let your joy be full. Because that's why Jesus came. You must be happy irrespective of what's going on. That's the application of faith. You see, and the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by our senses. We don't walk by what's happening in our flesh, what is happening in our minds, what is happening in our hearts. Okay? The expressions that we have are the expressions of the Word of God. Make sure your expressions are the expressions of God's Word, not the expressions of your emotions or your feelings or your thoughts or your doubts let your expressions be the expressions of the word sometimes I can, I can have a lot of things going on inside me but you may not see it on the outside I can have a lot of things going on in my mind but you may not see it on the outside on the outside there's a way I'm instructed to to behave Paul said I'm instructed to be full and I'm instructed to be to be need Hallelujah. He says, whichever way it is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You understand? So don't matter. You may not have anything in your pocket. Makes no difference. Makes no difference. Makes no difference. Don't let that dictate the pace of your life at that particular point in time. Go around, I don't get cash. I don't know how it's going to be. No, life does not end there. Okay? Have you ever read the Bible in the portion where it says that and it came to pass? Have you read it before? And it came to pass. It's a big message. Because everything shall pass. Everything shall come and it shall pass. You understand? Yeah. So when you're having those it came to pass moments, remember that it is it has come and it will pass. Sometimes you go through some troubles and after some years you don't have those troubles. And you look back and you smile and you're like, ah, Charlie, boys are breathing you. You know, but it's gone. It came to pass. If you allowed that to get you to hang yourself, you would never have seen the passage of that particular situation. It means that it came to kill you. Instead of it came to pass. But the Bible doesn't mention it came to kill you. It says it came to pass. So every single day you are full of joy. Okay? The kingdom of God is what? It's not meat and drink. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Romans chapter 14 verse 17. But righteousness. The kingdom of God is righteousness. It's righteousness. Do you understand that? The, the foundation of the kingdom is righteousness. I will mention that the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and judgment. Righteousness and judgment are the foundations of your throne. That's, that's the foundation of God's um, administration, righteousness. Do you see? <laughs> Let me show you a scripture in Romans chapter 3. Okay. Go to Romans chapter 3. Let's read from verse 23. Now, I, 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 I didn't want to read it from verse 23, but just in case you don't know what verse 23 is, I want to read it to you and explain it so I can explain the rest that follow. Okay, most of us know Romans 3 23. Hallelujah. <laughs> For all have sinned. Is it because it casts a certain image on your mind? 
and it's like it helps you identify yourself. <laughs> it helps you identify yourself. So a lot of people identify with this particular verse more than any of the verses that are by this verse. The verse before it and the verse after it. You see, because this one lets you, it's like a, it lets you know that it's, it's like Charlie. It is true. This scripture, it is true. It's true. Everybody. <laughs> but that was not what God was trying to say. Okay? It's like uh, talking to someone in, uh, in um, England. Okay? Concerning a boy called Kofi. Now, he doesn't know that the one you are referring to is a boy. Okay? So you start off. Okofi came to my house, took some things, and went back to the States. Then you say, by the way, Kofi is a boy. You know, when he got to the States, he did something else for me. I made him take the package that he took from my house to another person in Canada. You see, I made him, the English man, get to know that the one I'm referring to you to is actually a boy. Because he could easily think that Kofi is a girl. Or Kofi is something else. Because he's oblivious of the name Kofi. So that interjection there, you know, Kofi came to my house and took some things and went to the States. Then, comma, by the way, Kofi is a boy. Comma. And I continue. That, uh, whatever that is there, is just... It's a side, it's not part of what I'm discussing. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's what this particular verse is in the whole of the thing. Now, go to verse 20, you see it. Okay? Therefore, by the doings of the law shall no flesh be made right in his sight. That's what he's trying to say. For the, by the deeds of the, of the law, by the knowledge of the law, eh? therefore, by the deeds of the law shall there shall no flesh be justified or made right in God's sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. When I tell you about the law, I've given you the knowledge of sin. Hallelujah. Next verse. But now, say but now. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested or is brought forth, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets spoke about. When you say law, what are we talking about? We're talking about the whole of the Old Testament. When we say prophets, we're talking about the prophets that spoke in the Old Testament. Okay? The law normally uh, includes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. Okay? Then the prophets represent or talks about Micah, Nahum, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, all those prophets. He says, this particular righteousness that I'm going to talk about was witness. It was spoken of. The word witness means to speak of. It was spoken of by the law, it was referred to by the law, and it was referred to by the prophets. Are you seeing it? Now. Next verse. Then he says, even the righteousness which is of God. He says, even the righteousness of God. This is God's own righteousness. There are different types of righteousness. There's a righteousness which is by the law. There's a righteousness which is by your doings. It's called self-righteousness. You see, if you read Romans chapter 8, you get to know about the righteousness of the law. Go to Romans 8, verse 3. Romans 8, 3. For what the law could not do in that he was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, so that the righteousness of the law, have you seen it? This is the righteousness of the law. So that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So there's the righteousness of the law. In other words, there's a, a right standing that God can give to you if you keep the law. <clears throat> I see what I'm talking about. But nobody could keep the law. Nobody could keep the law. So nobody could be declared righteous by virtue of the law. Because if you break one of the laws after keeping ten or nine of them, if you break one, you've broken all. That's in verse 19. Because 19 is, is, is gone. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. So he says that the righteousness of the law, nobody could, nobody could, it says nobody can be put right or can be declared right. The word justify means to declare righteous. Nobody could be, by the deeds of the law, by the doings and the practice and the trying to achieve the law, shall no flesh 
this is God talking. He has put an endless judgment on this particular thing. It's by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified or be declared righteous in God's sight. Because by the knowledge of the law or by the law is the knowledge of sin. When I tell you about the law, I've given the knowledge of sin. And the knowledge of sin will end up destroying your life and prevent you from doing the law. So it's like the law is a package of sin. As I communicate the law to you, I'm actually communicating sin to you. Are you getting it? Then it says, but now there's a righteousness which has been revealed, made manifest to us. And it was witnessed, spoken of by the law and the prophets. The law spoke about it, that there's a righteousness coming. It's called the righteousness of God. Look forward to that particular righteousness. And the prophets also spoke about it. There's a righteousness which is called the righteousness which is of God. This is God's own righteousness. Okay? And that righteousness is for all and upon all those who believe. Hmm? Next verse. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. It is by faith of Jesus Christ. The way to get this access to this righteousness is by faith in Christ Jesus. Is that not simple? That's very simple. By believing in Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, this particular righteousness is given to you. It says, even the righteousness of, of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Now, remember the subject. He's talking about the righteousness of God that has come. Comparing it to the righteousness which is of the law. And now that nobody can be righteous by virtue of the law. But that right now, there's a free righteousness that's been given. It's called the righteousness of God. And it comes through the faith of Jesus Christ. Why? This righteousness is for all and upon all them who believe in Christ Jesus. That's what, that's what we, are, we are reading here. It's because there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. Because prior to this particular arrangement, he was talking about the Jew and talking about the Gentile. How that the Jew declares himself to be the one who is closer to God because he was circumcised. And so insults the, the Gentile. But he says that they are Gentiles who even keep the law more than the Jews do. You get it? And he goes on to let you know that he gave the law to condemn everybody under sin. So that everybody will be, will be shut. Everybody's mouth will be shut before God. So that nobody can hit his chest and say that I am right. I made myself right. You can't make yourself right before God. And God, made, God gave the law to let humanity, especially Israel, to know that they cannot become close to him by virtue of keeping the law. To shut all of them up. It's, it's in the whole of... It's, go up. Okay. We are in Romans chapter 3. Let me just read it to you. Let's read from, from verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? You know Paul was a Jew. Paul was the one writing this. He says, are we better than the, the Gentiles? No. In no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Are you seeing it? He says, we have proved already that both Jews and Gentiles are all under sin. Next verse. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not even one. Not one. Continue. There is none that understand it. There is none that seeketh after God, including the Jews. Nobody sought after God. Can you imagine? <laughs> they are all gone out of the way. They are all together. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre, an open graveyard. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. They have the tongue of snakes, serpents. Deceit is, <laughs> is, is their nature. Can you imagine? Next verse. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are sweet to shed blood. Distraction and misery are in their ways. Hey. Jew and Gentile. And the way of peace have they not known. There is, not, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Hey. Next verse. Now we know that what things whoever the law said, it is said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. And all the world may become guilty before God. This is the reason why the law was given. So that everybody... You see, because humanity didn't want to admit that there was something wrong with them. Human beings never wanted to admit that there was something wrong with them, that they needed God. So God gave the law so that humanity would get to the point where they would cry out to God and say, we need help. So the first thing that God did was that he gave his laws to the children of Israel. By doing that, he condemned the Gentiles. 
You get it? He chose a group for himself and said, These are my people. Receive my loss and do my loss. But the people he called his people could not do their loss. They were even worse than the Gentiles that God said he was not going to mind. Why did he give the law to Israel? So that Israel, who claimed to be true, have been chosen by God, will get to know that without God, they can't do anything. And that they are equal, they are as equal to the Gentiles as any other group can be to the Gentiles. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that everybody can be guilty before God. And because humanity didn't want to accept that they were guilty. They were, con- they were condemning God in their statements and in their hearts and in their minds. Read Genesis chapter 6, you know. Do you know why Nimrod stood up? Nimrod, the Bible says that was a, he was a mighty hunter against God. If you read the King James, you will get confused. You think that he was a mighty hunter before God. That's what the Bible says in, in the King James. He was a mighty hunter before God. So someone called the son Nimrod. Someone called the son Nimrod. But Nimrod is not a good name. His name means a mighty hunter against God. Yes. Do you know why Nimrod was doing what he was doing? Nimrod gathered all of humanity at one place and started building a tower with them. If, if anybody decided to get out of that particular system, he would kill him. He would kill him. It was a mighty hunter of people. He was killing people. God's intent and plan was that they will move from the east and spread to the whole earth. But if you try to move and fulfill the calling of God, he will kill you. Sharp. He will just kill you. And he was using them to build his tower. To get to God, to question God and fight God. That was the purpose of the Tower of Babel. They were to reach high to God fight God, kill God, and live the way they want to live. In their minds. Because God, Nimrod was saying that why did God destroy the world of old? Why did God destroy their people? You understand? Yeah. So God chose Abraham and said, come. I know you listen to me. I want to start a new nation out of you. So God chose Abraham out of that land. That same land where Nimrod was. He chose him out. And blessed him. Gave him a promise. An increase and gave him the law, his children the law. He gave his children the law, and they could not keep the law because remember, Abraham was also coming from that same place, so that same thought was in their mind. Do you know how stiff neck the children of Israel were throughout the desert? Very terrible people. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord! Hallelujah. So he says he gave the law to let everybody know that Charlie, you are not. You, you are not correct. You need help. So that all of humanity can cry out. Okay? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you something in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's read from verse 9. 1 Corinthians 10 from verse 9. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. He's talking about Israel. Okay? Neither remember ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples. For examples. Now all these things happen unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. He says, upon us the ends of the world. <laughs> Do you understand that? The ends of the world. The Bible says that in due time Christ died. In due time. Have you ever read it in your Bible? In due time Christ died. What is he, what's he talking about? In due time, Christ died. At the appropriate time. When humanity cried out, according to the plans of God, Christ came to come and die. Christ couldn't have died, at, Christ couldn't have come at the time of Abraham. Because the times were not filled. Were not fulfilled. The times were fulfilled at a particular time. When humanity cried. Just like uh, the children of Israel cried and Moses was brought to them. Moses is the type of Christ. Humanity had to cry to God for God to bring Christ and save them. Are you understanding? Yeah. So he gave the law so that everybody will know that you are not correct and cry out for I need you. That's why he says that whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I see it. Go back to Romans chapter three. Now we know that what we know that what things about the law is here to them that are who are under the law. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Then he says, therefore, by the doings of the law. By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You see? You see where the discussion is coming from? Uh-huh. So he's talking about Jew and Gentile. Then he says, but now, the righteousness of, of God 
is revealed or is manifested, which is without the law, is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, upon all them that believe. Then it says, for there is no difference. No difference between who and who? The Jew and the Gentile. Are you getting it? Because they are the same. They are all guilty before the Lord. Are you getting it? Then he says, he's letting you know the reason why there is no difference. Between the Jew and the Gentile. Then he says that for all have sinned. All Jews. Are you a Jew? Are you a Gentile? You cannot be a Gentile. You are a new creation. You are different now. You You are a child of God now. For all have sinned. All the people he's referring to here are not you. He's not, you are not here. So it even has nothing to do with the Christian. But the Christians have taken it. They've taken it. So strong. Oh sinner as I am. Who shall save me from this vile body? The Lord forgive you. you. For all have sinned. It's a prayer topic. It's a major prayer topic. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, before this, if you notice, it was a, it was a colon. Colon means I'm explaining what I just said. Then after that, you have a semicolon, isn't it? Meaning that I've ended what I was saying. Now join what I was saying initially to what I'm coming to say now. So it's like Kofi came to my house and took and took something and went to the states. By the way, so this is the by the way. By the way, Kofi is a boy. That's that's basically what I'm saying. It's not part of the discussion, but we like it. <laughs> For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then the next verse says, Being. Do you understand being? He says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Do you understand? I mean, this is the one we should have remembered, not the one in 23. This is the one we should have remembered. This is the, this is the actual thing. This is what we should have remembered. Are you seeing it? But most of us move around, a lot of Christians move around. For all have sinned and have fallen short. Hey, God. <laughs> God, if you don't forgive man, eh? <laughs> God, you regret. God, you regret. Yeah, people say all kinds of things. Being justified freely by His grace. Being justified freely. Freely. Do you understand the word justify? What does it mean? To be declared righteous, to be declared not guilty. To be declared not guilty, to be declared right by the judge. We are the law court of the universe. And the judge de- declared us that you are, you okay. All the things that you did wrong is okay. You can go free of charge. Since so being justified, okay, this is what message. God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, He put us in right standing with Himself. Isn't it? A pure gift. He got us out of the mess we are in and restored us to where He always wanted us to be. And He did it by means of Jesus Christ. It's a message. It's a message. This is what, this is what you should see. Being justified freely by His grace. It is by His grace. You remember on Sunday I was talking about the fact that it's not by our works. It's no, we didn't start it. What did we do? It, it is His work. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Then there's another colon. Next verse. Then it says, Whom God said. So He's explaining what He just said. The fact that we, we are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Then He's explaining who Christ Jesus is and what He became or what He was made so that we might be declared not guilty. He says, Who whom God set forth to be a propitiation. The word propitiation means mercy seat. The mercy seat was the place where God dwelt. And it was a place where the blood, of God, the blood of the Lamb was sprinkled so that humanity, so that the Jews could be declared not guilty for one year, free for one year. He says that Jesus was set, was set forth as a propitiation. He was set forth as a mercy seat for. Eh? Okay, the, the Dabi says, mercy seat. Even Amplified says it. Look at the Amplified. Whom God put forth before the eyes of all as a mercy seat. Have you seen it? As a mercy seat and a propitiation by his blood. The cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received through faith. So when you receive him through faith, he has become your mercy seat. The amazing thing is that, you see, during, during the, in the Old Testament, there were three individuals that 
were involved in the declaration of Israel being free for one year. There was a high priest. It was called the offerer. Okay? The one who offers the sacrifice. The offerer. Then there was the blood or the lamb, which was the offering. Then there was the recipient of the offering. Who was God? Okay? So the priest, the lamb, and the receiver. And the, one, the receiver is the one who gets satisfied and says that you are, not, you are not guilty for the next one year. That was God. Guess who the high priest was? You see, Jesus died as the Lamb of God. Go to John 1.32, you see it. Jesus is declared by John. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Go to verse 34. The next day, Go to verse 35. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, Jesus, go to the next verse, verse 36. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. This is, this is the Lamb of God. This is the sacrifice. This is the offering. So Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's, just, he's the offering. Isn't it? At the same time, when Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says that he was in the apparel of a, of a priest. If you go to Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 6, you see plenty. Let's read some. Hebrews chapter 5. Let's read from verse 1. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's so much. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Next verse. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For, he himself, for that he himself also is compassionate with infirmity. Next verse. And by reason hereof, he ought all as for the people also, so also for himself to offer for sins. He's talking about the preacher of the Old Testament, that he himself also had sins. So he had to offer for himself his own sins. It's in the Bible plenty. And offer for the sins of the people. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. In other words, Christ didn't take it upon himself. He was given. He was made. Just like Aaron did not ask for it, he was made. He says, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. But he that said unto him, thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Next verse. As he said also in another place, thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. So Jesus is a high priest. Are you seeing it? Okay, now, I want to show you some more about the fact that he's a priest. Go to chapter 9. Verse 11. I don't want us to read something that will. This one is right, right on the head of the nail. Okay? Straight. So that you see it. But Christ. Say, but Christ. Christ. Says, but Christ, being come an high priest of good things. He's a high priest of good things. <laughs> he says, but Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Next verse. He says, the, 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 the tabernacle Christ went to sacrifice and it's not the tabernacle that we know. It's of a higher order. Neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood. Are you seeing it? So he was a lamb. In this place, he's showing us that he's a high priest. And he's also the lamb who killed himself. <laughs> the priest was the one who, was, who killed the lamb. Jesus was a lamb and he, he was a high priest. So he slaughtered himself and got his own blood. And took his own blood to himself. <laughs> yeah. Neither blood, of, neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He obtained eternal redemption for us. Ob- obtained eternal. Re- Do you understand eternal redemption? Yeah. It's when Christians start thinking, you don't know what has happened. That is why you are not grateful. That is why you are messing up. You are messing up because you don't know what has really happened. You think you know the scriptures, but you don't know it. You don't really know it. If you knew what Jesus has done and what you have become, you will live your life for him. You will live your life completely for him. If you knew your worth. If you don't know your value. Okay? If you don't know your value. Anything can happen to you. A lot of Christians don't know their value. They don't know what they are worth. You don't know what they are worth. Will you walk on the streets if you knew you were worth hundred trillion dollars? Will you walk? I'll create my own road, my own cars. You are spiritual. He says you create his own roads. <laughs> Only for him. 
Because he knows what he has. He knows his value. You get it? He knows his value. We mess up because we don't know our value. We don't. A lot of Christians, they don't. All around the world. They don't really know. Only we knew. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to help you to understand. He says he has, he has obtained eternal redemption for us. Remember, I said that the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and judgment. Remember that. Don't forget that. Okay. Hmm. So have you seen it? That he's a high priest and he's the lamb. Have you seen it? Are you sure you've seen it? Then in the place where we're reading Romans 3, it says, whom God, Christ, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Eh? And I told that propitiation means what? Mercy seat. Who was the one who was on the mercy seat? The mercy seat was God. Because God sat on the mercy seat. The mercy seat had two cherubims looking into the ark. The priest would come with the blood and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. And God would speak from the mercy seat, from the ark to the mercy seat, and say that Israel is forgiven for one year. And the priest would walk out and say to Israel, everybody in Israel will be standing outside shaking, wondering what will happen to them. Whether they'll be destroyed or they will still be alive. And if the priest survives and comes out, he will say, Tetelestai. It is finished. That's what, that's what the priest will say. It is finished. He will say it in the Hebrew, Hebrew tongue. Tetelestai. And that's what Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross. Tetelestai. It is finished. Because he had completed and done everything that was needed for you. To live in the kingdom of righteousness as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. It is by faith. Oh, it's not by doings. It's not by acts. It's by faith of Jesus Christ. Upon all them who believe. Because he has been set as a propitiation. Whom God has set for to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness. You see, he did, God did, he's telling you that God did all these things. God made himself come as a man. To become the sacrifice. Or the offering. And to be the offerer or the high priest. And to be the propitiation to receive. And to declare. He is doing everything. Where, where are you in everything that I've mentioned? Where are you? Are you the sacrifice? You are not the sacrifice. You are nothing. You are not the high priest. You are nothing. He did all this so that you will be okay. You will be recreated. You understand? He says that he did this to declare his righteousness because the foundation of his throne is righteousness. If God does something, you see, right, so right now it is unrighteous for God to declare you not righteous. It is unrighteous for God to not call you his child. Because if he does that, he's going against his own throne. It is unrighteous for God to take you to hell. You can't go to, it's not possible anymore. You can't go to hell. Don't get to heaven as an escaped. <laughs> Someone who escaped from hell. Like you got to heaven by, by the hair of your teeth. By hair's breath. And when you get to heaven, you, 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 you get to heaven like, Hey, I made it. Mr. my baby. You start singing, Miampana, Minie, Miampana, Minie, Miderradius, you, Miderradius, you. You have made a mistake. You have made a very big mistake. You actually, you see, it's like you never left the foundation. You never built. You stayed on the foundation all your life. You never built. Because he did all these things so that you can be the one to set forth his glory, set forth his grace to the whole. That's your purpose. That's why you are existing. Not to be sinning and confessing your sins. No. You don't understand. It says to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Look at the next verse. So that, it says to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just. That God might be just. Let's read the Amplified. It was to demonstrate and prove at the present time in the now season that he himself is righteous and that he justifies and accepts as righteous him who has true faith in Jesus. So God did this to let us know that he is righteous. You see, because the, the, the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and judgment. And these two must happen at the same time. Okay? These two, 
because of man's sin, man couldn't get close to God. You remember the swords that were turning in the Garden of Eden? The presence of God was in the, Garden of, in the Garden of Eden, but man could not enter. The sword cut two ways. One sword is righteousness, one sword is judgment. It cut both ways. And there were two angels by it. Those are the cherubims that are on the mercy seat. That's a representation of the cherubims that are on the mercy seat. Even in the Old Testament, the Bible makes us know that God has judged and has declared righteous at the same time. Okay? Because there's blood. If there's blood on the mercy seat, there's no need for the sword. The sword was to cut. The sword was to cut whoever tries to enter and come to God. In the Old Testament, the mercy seat had the two cherubims, but there was no sword. Why was there no sword? There was no sword because there was blood. The blood of the bulls was on the mercy seat. Because the blood of the bulls was on the mercy seat, it means that the source have done their work already. There's no need for the source to be there anymore. Are you getting it? So that's, that is a type. Even now, that's Old Testament. How much more now that the actual thing has happened? Judgment and righteousness has taken place. They couldn't meet. Go to Psalm, Psalm 85. Let me show you something in Psalm 85. Psalm 85. Let's read from verse 8. It says, I will hear what the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Hmm. Next verse, verse 9. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in, the, in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Continue. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall set us in the way of his steps. Now, go to verse 10. Let me show it to you. Back to verse 10. Mercy and truth are met together. Then it says, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Now, that couldn't happen. Righteousness and peace couldn't have kissed together. Because man was in judgment with respect to God. There was no peace between God and man. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Go to Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Do you understand judgment? Do you understand judgment? Do you understand court, court issues? There are court issues. There was a problem between humanity and God. Do you understand? And the peace had to come. If there was no peace, nothing else can go forward. Okay? Now, God can't put us at peace without declaring us righteous at the same time. So righteousness and judgment could not meet together. But God made them meet together because he fulfilled the two. He fulfilled, the, he fulfilled his own judgment. You see, the judgment for humanity, the judgment for man's wrong was that man should die. Because the wrong that man committed is called high treason. High treason is, is, is by death. It's punishable by death. Until peace, for peace to come, death must happen. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus did two things. He declared, he brought us into righteousness and fulfilled the judgment of God at the same time. So righteousness and peace could kiss together. They could, <laughs> they could relate together. It wasn't possible before. The kingdom of God, he says, is not meat and drink. It is righteousness. And it is peace. Why peace? Because of judgment. Okay? The opposite of judgment is peace. So Christ has fulfilled righteousness and he has fulfilled the peace. Because these two are fulfilled, now he says, live in joy. Live in joy for the rest of your life. Because there's now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Are you a child of God? Live free. He's telling you, live free. Live free. When there's fear in your heart that God will do something to you, you will wrong him continuously. When there's this perfect love, cast out fear. When you know how much he loves you and what he has done for you, there wouldn't be fear in your heart. And because there's no fear in your heart, you will live a joyful life every single day of your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's, it was his 
righteousness. He was, he was just to declare as righteous because of what Christ did. Christ fulfilled his righteousness and for, or his righteous requirements and fulfilled the judgment as well. So now, we, because as Christ was doing all those things, it is, it, it, is our, it is to our credit because we were identified with him. You see, the, the offerer or the one who was, whose sins was in, in, in respect or whose sins were to be forgiven, okay, had to lay his hands on the, the goods before it is, so that it is identified with the goods. His sins are passed to him. And the innocence of the goat is passed to him. So when the goat is being slaughtered, it is the, it's viewed as though the guy who, is doing, who did the wrong is the one who is being slaughtered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why he says that when he died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When he rose from the dead, we rose from the dead with him. So become aware of these things. Okay? So that your joy will not know limits. You always be full of joy. No matter what. You would know that your blood is not the blood of men. No blood disease can affect you. Whatever it is, it can't affect you because you're a child of God. Hallelujah. See, I know who I am. So, how are you going to live your life? Full of joy, free. Full of joy. Full of joy. Without carefulness. I know where I'm coming from. I know where I originate. He says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yes. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. And all these new things are of God. You know, there are Christians who don't think these things are true. What I'm telling you are true is like, people, you are lying to us. We know ourselves. We know ourselves. Yeah, you dear, keep saying that. Keep saying you know yourself. You will never live. You will not live the life that God gave you to live. You will not. You'll be living the terrestrial life, the normal life. There are Christians like that. They are living the normal life. Normal. Normal. Everything is normal. They are like human beings. Do you know we are not human beings? Think like that. Okay, you are not normal. You are supernormal. I'm not saying you are abnormal. <laughs> you are supernormal. <laughs> you are because you are different. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one. It says, "And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. I could. This is spiritual. What I just said is spiritual talk. It's spiritual talk. You say, ah, but that's not how I feel. What, what is your feeling as compared to the word of God? You see, he didn't say, but the evil man received none of the things of God. He says, but the natural man, not an evil man, natural man. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He didn't say, but the evil man received none of the things of God. No, the natural man. Hmm? But the natural man. Who is a natural man? A natural man does not have to be evil. Someone who only considers the fle- only considers what is around, what I can see with my eyes, what I can feel, what I can what I can relate with my senses. You are like an animal. It's animalistic. Oh. It's like I've insulted someone. I've not insulted you. I'm just telling you the, the, the truth. I mean, do dogs, do dogs have plants in their lives? Do dogs have plants? Your dog, me too. I, I want to build a house. and then do, do they do that? They don't do that. Do you know why we eat goats, cats, dogs, pigs? Snakes and everything. <laughs> the Bible says every creature has been created by God and is to be accepted with thanksgiving. That's why I'm mentioning all of them. People, some people eat frogs and everything. I mean, everything is edible. So long as it's good for you in your mouth, be happy. Hallelujah. But do you know why we can end a goat's life? Chicken, chicken. Have you eaten chicken in recent times? Who has eaten chicken today? Did you think about the, the purpose of the chicken? Like, what, were the, what was the plan of God for the chicken? That you have killed the chicken and you have eaten like that? Will be by someone's child. <laughs> you ended the chicken's life without thinking twice. Why? Why? Because the chicken is an animal. It's, 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 it's an animal. It's living on this plane of life. There's nothing else beyond this place for it. You get it? So we can end this life. It doesn't have a soul. 
doesn't have a spirit. His body is animated by his blood. That's all. But we are not like that. He that is born of the spirit is of the spirit. He that is born of the flesh is of the flesh. We are born of the spirit. We are born of the spirit. We are of the spirit. And so don't, don't live your life like a natural man. He says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of God. Receive another thing of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. When we talk like this, some people think, oh, we don't understand what you're saying. This is too spooky. What is too spooky? What is too spooky? No, I'm telling you that God has made you right. That one is too spooky. I'm telling you that you are not normal. You are not like every other person. You are super normal. We are of the Spirit. There's an extra to us. We are spirit men. Hmm? We are spirit men, and it is true. It is not false. It is because of where your mind has been all these years. That is why you think that it is not true. You can be in account. The fact that your village does not have light does not mean that there's no electricity in the world. It is in your village that there's no light. That is why you are limited. That's why you can't do anything in the evening. It is only in your village. Don't start saying that uh, whatever. It's your village. Yes, it's your village. Your shirts are crumpled. You've dressed your you've dressed your best. Coco Crachy. <laughs> you've dressed your best. And your shirt is crumpled, your trouser is crumpled, everything is crumpled. But in your mind, it's your it is in your village that is like that. It's not like that everywhere. Yeah. So the earlier you decide to leave where you are and go where God wants you to be. No, not go where you you are not going anywhere, you are there. But you are living differently. From what you actually are. The whole city is full of light. Only your place. There's no light. But the natural man receiving the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. You must compare spiritual with spiritual. You must compare what I'm saying with what the word of God is saying. Because what I'm saying is what the word of God says. Say I'm not ordinary. He says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but I spoke unto you as unto, as unto. Look at it. Chapter 3, verse 1. That's after this place. The next verse from chapter 2, verse 14, is chapter 3, verse 1. You see, he was talking to the Christian. He says, but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness unto him, because they are spiritually designed. Then he goes on to say that, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, because those people were natural guys, but as unto carnal. Have you seen it? As unto natural people. The way Christians so carnal means animalistic. This one is what? The, the natural man, it means what? Someone who is of the animal type. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, animalistic. And I, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ. Babes in Christ are carnal. They are natural. For us, go to the others. Verse 2. Are fed with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Continue. For ye are yet carnal. You are yet carnal. You are still carnal. You are still thinking in terms of the natural. Still thinking in terms of what is happening around. If you don't see it, you will not believe. If you don't feel it, you will not believe. It doesn't make sense. Spiritual thing does not have to make sense to your brain. Because it is understood spiritually. Okay, understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Understand that it is God's righteousness to make you his righteousness. Yeah, understand that you are not a sinner. You think like a sinner. When you think like a sinner, you always produce sin. A lot of Christians believe in the power of Adam. The strength of Adam's wrong and the strength of Adam's disobedience. A lot of Christians believe in that. How do you know you're a sinner? Adam Nana. How do you know you're a sinner? How, how do you know that you are not correct? Adam Nana. What Adam did there, it has affected us all. When I see Adam in heaven, I'll give him two slaps. A lot of Christians talk like that, isn't it? When I see Adam, he will see. Look at all the problems he has brought to us. No, Jesus came. He's called the second man. He was the last Adam that became the second man and brought the power of an endless life into our lives. He brought, the Bible says he has brought immortality and life to light. 
life and immortality he has brought it to light it's not it's not a joke it's true hmm? for ye are yet carnal for whereas there, are, there is among you envying says at this level you can there's envy working in your life you have envy after all that i've preached to you there's envy you can envy somebody there's strife there are fights in fightings in fightings let me show go to second corinthians chapter seven let's read verse five into verse six okay the corinthian church was a very terrible church it's like most of the churches we have today you preach wild messages they listen to it in the church after they get out it's finished there's jealousy there's strife there's there are divisions i'm of this party i'm of this person i'm of this i'm of that yeah one this person is not talking to this person this person is not whatever. You can be like that as a child of God. What's wrong with you? You are not living free. You are bound. There are too many things that are binding you. You are not free. A lot of ladies have that problem. Unfortunately. It says, for when we come on to, into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. There was no rest in our flesh. But we were troubled on every side. Without we were fightings. Without we were fightings. Within were fears. Let, you see, let's show the Amplified. You, you think he's talking about something else. He's in the Macedonian church. Corinthians. Who? For even when we arrived in Macedonia, our bodies had no ease or rest, but we were oppressed in every way and afflicted at every turn, fighting and contentions without, dread and fears within. Message. Let's read the message. Probably the message will bring it out more. The fights in the church. Have you seen it? Fight where? Okay, let me read from the top. When we arrived in Macedonia province, we couldn't settle down. The fight in the church and the fears in our hearts kept us in pins and needles. We couldn't relax because we didn't know how it would turn out. We couldn't relax. There were bombs in the church. You have to tread cautiously. You don't know who it is that you are relating with or who it is. You can't relate. Free. They are not free in the church. They are not free in the church. So, let me, let me show you another verse. Okay, can I show you another verse? Okay, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's read from verse 10. From verse 10 to verse 13. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, from verse 10 to verse 13. In the King James, one to go. In the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Now, this doesn't make sense. It? Like, you can't really understand it. Let's read it in the message. We will understand it better. Is it a message? It's a message because you are going to read in the message. Let's read from verse 10. One to go. Immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy. Okay, I think we should read up. It, it will make more sense. Okay? So, let's read from... From verse 3. Message from verse 3. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we are doing. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. People are watching us as we stay at our post, adletly, unswervingly, in hard times, tough times, bad times. When we are beaten up, jailed, and mobbed, working hard, Working late, working without eating, with pure heart, clear head, steady hand, in gentleness, holiness, and honest love. When we are telling the truth and when God showing his power, when we are doing our best certain things right, when we are praised and when we are blamed, slandered and honored, true to our word, though distract, distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead, beaten with an within an inch of our lives but refusing to die immersed in tears yet always filled with deep joy living on handouts yet enriching many having nothing having it all dear dear corinthians i can't tell you how much i long for you to enter this wide open spacious life we didn't fence you in 
The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? He says, that's the life you have been introduced to. They are beating us, but we are full of joy. They say we are dead, but we are more alive than we have ever been. In whatever circumstance we are in, there's just one thing that we have. Joy. Unspeakable and full of glory. So, circumstances and conditions that should not dictate the pace of the life. The life is to be lived freely, openly, expansively. Not restricted, not... Because this person did this to me, I'll not... What are you talking about? This person did what to you, so what? That is not the life of the... That's not the life of God. That's not righteousness. That's not what we are supposed to display. The Bible says we have to display God. We are the displays of God. Are you getting it? Yeah. Yeah, I could not speak unto us unto spiritual. What made them carnal? Envying. Strife. Contention. Jealousy. Divisions. Backbiting. Put heads together. You say this to this one, you say this to this one, and then you put your heads together. <laughs> Creating confusion. And there are a lot of churches like that. Because they are refusing to live that open life that God has given to them. That free life that God has given to them, full of joy, irrespective of your lot. Makes no difference what you're experiencing. You know where you, you know who you are, you know where you're coming from. You know what you are. Hallelujah. Yeah. It says you are living as mere men. We are living as mere men, as ordinary people, when you are not ordinary. Say, I'm not ordinary. I'm not ordinary. I can't be ordinary. I'm not ordinary. I refuse to live the ordinary life. I live a glorious life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it means to be a child of God. I could not speak unto us unto spiritual. But as unto carnal. Even as unto babes. Go back to that place. Next verse. Go to verse 3. First Corinthians 3, 3. For ye are yet carnal. For as there is among you envy and strife and divisions. Then it says, are ye not carnal? And walk as men? Meaning that we are not men. Look at, look at the, King James, the, the Amplified. Verse 3. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. You are under the control of ordinary impulses. It causes ordinary impulses. They are impulses that everybody feels. The fact that you are feeling angry does not mean you should show it. Or you don't understand my message. Mm-hmm. I'm the righteous of God. I don't do that. I, righteousness means the goodness of God. I bring in the goodness of God. Wherever I go, the goodness of God comes there. Wherever I go, the joy of God comes there. If I meet you, you'll be, your life will be full of joy. If you see me rebuking people, I rebuke you in joy. Even a rebuke is done in joy. I'll make sure it doesn't end in, in a certain way. You get it? And no matter how angry I am, it will, it will end in a certain way. It has to be nice. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh, under control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men? Mere unchanged men? Joy. See, I'm full of joy. I'm full of joy. No matter what. Say I'm full of joy. I'm full of joy. No matter what. No matter what. Whether I'm sleepy or not. <laughs> Maybe when you listen to the message again, you understand what I'm saying. When you listen to it again, you understand what I'm saying. I'm a child of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I demonstrate his righteousness. That is our purpose. That is our purpose. We demonstrate his righteousness, his goodness. His goodness. We bring in his goodness. It's about the goodness of God. Bring in the goodness of God wherever we go. The goodness of God brings joy. My life brings joy to people. It brings joy, not confusion, not party spirit. You get it? Yeah. Some people's presence brings confusion. Yeah. 
Their presence brings confusion. When they enter the system, there's confusion. There's confusion. They talk to this person, they talk to this person, and talk to this person, and talk to this person. And they, they'll be fighting and be standing out and laughing. I'm a child. You can't be a child of God and do that. Hallelujah. The foundation of his throne is righteousness and judgment. In the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. He's fulfilled the righteousness. He's brought us into peace. Now we live in joy. In joy. No matter what's going on, whether beaten or battered, whether destroyed or up, whether whatever, whatever it is, we live in joy. Constantly, consistently, every single day of our lives. Hallelujah. Rise up on your feet and thank God for what He has shared with you. Thank Him for what He has shared with you. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. I'll live openly. I'll live in liberty. I'll live in joy every single day. Every single day. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.